Welcome to the Vina Life Podcast. This is a podcast for young adults based out of Life Baptist Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. Our goal is to help young adults grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ and effectively communicate the faith. For more information about our young adult community, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Vine at Life or email us at thevineatlifebaptistchurch.com. Now, here is your host, Pastor Chuck. Well, Vine community, this is episode 30 and our final episode in season two of the Vine podcast. I'm, I'm excited because there are some new things coming in season three. I'm, I'm so excited about it that I don't want to spoil it here on the podcast. I would just encourage you to join in next time that we air when it will be season three. Now, we're going to be taking a week off. I need some r and I'm going on a pastor's retreat to just spend some good time in the word, fellowship with my brothers, and then come back rejuvenated to start season three. Now, once again, there's some new things coming. I'm so excited to be able to cast a vision. And it happened on the anniversary of the fifth year of our community as a young adult community. So I'm I'm pumped about it. I'm excited about it. You should be too. We're going to have different special guests coming on that I'm really excited to join us here on the podcast and within our community. We're going to still have challenge questions. We're still going to be jumping, digging deep into the word, but there are some extra things that I just don't want to spoil yet. So I highly encourage you, if you are here in the Las Vegas Valley, come check us out. We meet every Thursday at 7 p.m. Life Baptist Church. The address is 6316 South Tenea Way. We would love for you to come and be a part of the discussion. We would love for you to join in on all the festivities that happens on a Thursday night. And if you're unable to make it, this is why we do the podcast. We want to be able to catch you up to speed with all the things that happen on a Thursday night and that you can use this as a way to study the word of God. We've currently been in the book of Romans, 14 chapters, verse by verse. We have just dug deep into this and you can catch up on the podcast. So if you end up coming and visiting us, but then end up moving to a different place, you still have access to us via our podcast. We also want to encourage you to Hit us up on social media. The Vine at Life is the handle and you can check us out um, on Facebook and on Instagram. So I, I just want to provide as much information, as much opportunities for you guys to plug in this community because this is your community. I am just here facilitating discussion and moving this along to where we can just dig deep into the word and effectively communicate the faith. Now, Today's episode is going to be a little different. I mean, this is the ending episode of season two. And uh, last Thursday, we talked about something very specific that is near and dear to almost everyone's heart. And that is testimonies, personal testimonies, salvation testimonies, uh, testimonies of the goodness of God. So today's focus will be on that. Now, what we did on Thursday is we got to hear a lot of testimonies and, and me personally, I love hearing testimonies. Growing up, every Wednesday night, our church would host just testimonies nights where people would get up and just testify of the goodness of God, whether it be their salvation story, whether it be, you know, how the Lord provided them, provided for them in their time of need or, or whatever it may be. So, so it was a really good time to hear this because we were encouraged by the activity of God in other people's lives. And I think that is one of the biggest benefits 
of testimonies. We get to hear the goodness of God through the lives of others. There, there are times where we can get so focused on ourselves. We can get so focused on what God is doing here just in the U.S. that we forget that God is working and moving in other people's lives. God is working and moving all around the world, not just in our specific situation. So there were four questions that we answered and we took more time than normal because even within these four questions, it gave opportunity for you to expound upon your testimony. And I highly encourage if you do not tell your testimony to someone that this is something that can truly bless them. So, so don't be afraid. Listen, God is faithful. God is good. This is why we express our testimonies to others. So the first question that we had was just what is a testimony and, and how should we define it? And, and this question is so crucial because there are different thoughts that come to our minds when people say, tell us your testimony or do you have a testimony? Now, this could be in regards to salvation. This could be in regards to the goodness of God. So we need to we need to be clear. I've, I've always said this. He who owns the definition owns the word. So if we're not clear on what the definition that we're using for a testimony is, then we'll be jumbled up because I've been around people who are saying, oh, let me hear your testimony. And they tell about the goodness of God. And then now this person assumes that they're not saved because there was no part of their testimony that encountered a salvific experience with the Lord or a salvific understanding of what God has done in their life. So this is how we should define testimony. It is an asserted claim offering firsthand authentic facts concerning an event, concerning a problem, concerning a declaration that has been made on behalf of someone else being witnesses. So, so when we boil this down, it is you being a witness. A testimony is witnessing to a fact. That, that is how we should understand it. Now, that is the broad umbrella. When we break this down, there are certain aspects of our testimony that we can, we can you know, uh, be more specific with such as salvation testimonies, such as, you know, testimonies of where God brought me to where I am now. In this broad scheme of a testimony, that's where we should get narrow. But when we're just talking about a basic definition of what a testimony is, it is us being a witness to something. Specifically in the Christian faith, it is witnessing the goodness of God, witnessing his mercy, his grace, his love, his compassion in our lives. So, when we define this, it needs to be in a biblical manner. It needs to, um, we need to look at scripture and see how scripture is defining all these things and then use that. Because once again, scripture is our authority. When we go to the word, it is not only to glean its teachings, but also to direct our lives. God has revealed himself in his word. And therefore we put the word of God as the motivating guide in our life as the Holy Spirit helps us to discern and interpret what it says. So when we're thinking about testimonies, we need to go back to a biblical understanding of it. Now, another question is, what are some key components to a testimony? And, and this is a gr great question, because if we're looking at the broad scheme of what a testimony is, it needs to have the facts. That That's a key component. A, a testimony is a witness to something. And in regards to the Christian faith, we are witnessing to the goodness of God. So it needs to be God honoring and Christ glorifying. This needs to be something that we are pointing to and saying, God did this 
and it would not have happened otherwise. Or God, I can testify that it was through the working of the Holy Spirit. It was because of God. It is something that we are pointing to that is witnessing the glory, the goodness, and the test, the, the facts of what God has done. Now, in regards to salvation testimonies, this is where I think we need to be even more specific because salvation testimonies can um, uh, when a person is just describing their testimony, say, oh, yeah, God saved me. God did this. And, and that may very well be true. But there are some key components to a salvation testimony that we need to have. And I say this because it gives the full picture. It gives the full story. It's like leaving out some parts of the gospel. You don't want to do that. You want to give the full counsel of God's word. You want to give the full testimony of the gospel in regards to whatever that testimony will be. So when we're thinking about this, I think it's helpful for us to remember John Calvin um, and a quote that he said. He says this, testimonies are not synonyms for autobiographies. Once again, testimonies are not synonyms for autobiographies. When we are truly witnessing, we are not talking about ourselves. We're talking about Christ. Therefore, when giving these testimonies, the key components should be the life of Christ over the life of self. And this is just such a good quote, because when we are telling our testimonies, there is a tendency to focus more on ourselves than what of what Christ has done for us. Uh, it, it can get to the point to where we're telling a testimony and it's about me. It's about me, what I've done, where I've experienced, or we lean so heavy on where God has brought us from that the impact of where he has us and what he has done in our life is overshadowed by the sin that we have you know, been in the, the sin that used to define us. So therefore, when we are telling our testimonies, it should be adequately where we were, how Christ saved us, and then where he has brought us to the, the obedience that he is walking us in, how he has changed our life that looks dramatically different from where we were. Now, this is a good practice that I would encourage you to do. There are tons of testimonies of salvation in the scriptures. Once again, when we go back to the scriptures, this can be our help and our guide. So then the first question would be, well, what are some biblical examples of testimonies? And I think one um, uh, of the one of my personal favorites is of the Apostle Paul when he was converted. Now, we all know that the Apostle Paul was one who persecuted Christians. He was a devout Jew, a zealous Jew who upheld the law and was blameless in sight of the law. But the simple fact that this Jesus was being preached, he took offense and he wanted to persecute all of those who were a part of the way. And what he did was just, it was not something that we would be encouraged by when we're looking at his life. I think, I think when we're looking at the apostle Paul's life, we lean so much on what God has done that we forget what he, what he did to persecute the church. He was, he claimed to be the, the chief sinner because of what he did, but his testimony, which is given three times in the book of Acts is one that just, just grabs me so much because he talks about his former life. He talks about how Christ saved him and he talks about the call on his life moving forward and then what he is doing. So, the, the, the passage that I want us to read today is in Acts chapter 26 and verses 1 through 23. This is a, 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 
the Apostle Paul giving an account of his own testimony as he is before King Agrippa. So in Acts chapter 26, starting in verse one, it says this. Now Agrippa said to Paul, you are permitted to speak for yourself. Then Paul, stretching out his hands, began to make his defense. Concerning the things of which I am accused by the Jews, I regard myself blessed, King Agrippa, that I am about to make my defense before you today, especially because you are an expert in all customs and questions among the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. So then, all Jews know my former way of life from my youth which from the beginning was spent among my own nation and at Jerusalem. Since they have known about me from a long time ago, they are, and if they are willing to testify that I may live as a, that I lived as a Pharisee, according to the strictest sect of our religion. And now I am standing here being tried for the hope of the promise made by God to our fathers. The promise to which our 12 tribes hoped to attain as they earnestly served God night and day. And for this hope, O King, I am being accused by the Jews. Why is it concerning? I mean, why is it considered unbelievable among all of you if God raised the dead? So then I thought to myself that I, uh, that I had to do many, many things hostile to the name of Jesus, the Nazarene. And this is just what I did in Jerusalem. Not only did I lock up many of the saints in prisons, having, uh, uh, having received authority from the chief priests, but also when they were being put to death, I cast my vote against them. And as I punished them often, and as I punished them often in the synagogues, I tried to force them to blaspheme and being furiously Enraged at them, I kept pursuing them even to foreign cities. While I was so engaged, I was on a journey to Damascus with the authority and the commission of the chief priests. At midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining all around me and those who were journeying with me. And when he had fallen on the ground, and when we had fallen on the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew dialect, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Is it hard for you to kick against the goads? And, and I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise up and stand on your feet. For this purpose, I have appeared to you to appoint you a servant and a witness, not only to the things which you have seen, but also to the things which I will appear to you, rescuing you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the authority of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and the inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. So King Agrippa, I did not prove disobedient to the heavenly vision, but I kept declaring both to those in Damascus first and also at Jerusalem and, and throughout the regions of Judea and even to the Gentiles so that they should repent and turn to God, practicing deeds appropriate for repentance. For this reason, some Jews seized me in the temple and where, and were trying to put me to death. 
Therefore, having obtained help from God to this day, I stand here bearing witness both to small and to great, stating nothing but what the prophets and Moses said was going to take place, that the Christ was to suffer and that as first of the resurrection from the dead, he was going to proclaim light both to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. Amen. Listen, this is a phenomenal testimony by the Apostle Paul and and just hearing it, hearing what he um, gave as a defense for why he was being on trial is so encouraging. Talking about how he used to persecute them, talking about how the Lord met him and, and commissioned him to go to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles and to preach this message of repentance so that they would turn from darkness to light, from the authority of Satan to God and receive the forgiveness of sins and inheritance among the Gentiles, among those who have been saved by faith in Jesus. This is just so encouraging. And when we're thinking about our own personal testimonies, we need to be encouraged as well. This is why I encourage you to continue to share your testimonies, continue to tell of the goodness of God. And if he has saved you, This is something that you should not be ashamed of your past. As we look at the Apostle Paul, he was making Christians blaspheme. He was persecuting them while they were being killed. He was the one holding their coats as others were were stoning them, giving hearty approval of that. That is that is so bad. But yet the Apostle Paul knew that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So therefore, he was not ashamed to show where he was because Christ brought him out of that. He brought him out of darkness into the light. Christ gave him a new heart, removed his heart of stone and caused his spirit to be in him to do all those that that God has commanded. That is the same with every single believer. This is why we should not be ashamed of our testimony. Christian, listen. If you are ashamed of your testimony, you need to get back into the word. Read Romans 8. Read all of Romans and see how good God has been to you. And and, and know without a shadow of a doubt that there's no condemnation. Those sins that that were done in the past have been nailed to the cross and he has set you free. You are no longer bound by the penalty of sin. You're free from the power of sin. And when he returns, oh, when he returns, we will be free from the presence of sin. So so this is one reason why I am always grateful to hear testimonies. This is another reason why I tell my testimonies, because I want others to be encouraged. So with that being said, I will leave you with my personal testimony. For those of you who, who know, um, I, I, just, I just want you to be encouraged by this. For those of you who don't know, I want you to see my testimony as something that that shows the goodness of the God and, and, and where he has brought me from and what he has me doing today. So at a very young age, I lost my virginity. And the only thing that I was concerned about was if I got an STD. Now, I continued in my sin and didn't really have any type of conviction. I was just scared that I didn't want to get any type of STD, but I would be in church one day. And as I was in church, I am not paying attention to what the pastor is saying. And I'm flipping through my Bible and and I come across this passage in first Corinthians chapter six, verse nine. And it says this, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. And 
at the time I was reading in the King James version. And the first thing that the apostle Paul lists in the King James version says, neither fornicators. And I knew that was me. I was instantly convicted. I shut my Bible and I didn't even want to look at that because I knew that I would not inherit the kingdom of God. I knew that Jesus knew what I was doing and I was so ashamed of it. And, and, and the, the weight of that was too much for me to bear. And one day I just continued to, uh, or, or, but after that, I just continued to feel the guilt. I continued in my sin, unfortunately, but it wasn't until one day I was watching an Easter play. And as I'm watching this Easter play, I um, am sitting in the crowd and the man that was playing Jesus was being spat upon. He was being beaten. You know, people were throwing stuff at him. And then I hear a crack of the whip and he falls down right next to me. And as he falls down next to me, they t- they're yelling at him, telling him to pick up his cross. He picks up his cross and puts it on his shoulder. But before he starts to move, he turns and he looks at me. Now, whether this was intentional or not, it changed my life. Because in that moment, it was as though the, Jesus said to me, I know what you're doing, but I need to go to the cross for this. I was instantly changed because I knew he knew what I was doing. I was not going to inherit the kingdom of God, but yet he, he continued to die for me. He continued to go forth on the cross while I was yet in my sins and I was weeping. I, I could not move in my seat. I was just bawling. My mom tried to console me. My dad tried to, I mean, my, uh, my, my grandmother, my pastor, they, no one could console me. But then my pastor explained faith and repentance and, and he encouraged me and I gave my life to Christ. I I said, Lord, I don't, I I no longer want to do what I want to do. Whatever you want me to do, that is what I will do. And, and I surrendered to him and and I was baptized and my pastor told me I was saved, sealed and sanctified until the day Jesus comes back or he calls me home. And I wish I would have felt peace in that, but I didn't. I continued to feel conviction because I was still identifying of, of the, I was still identifying as the person in First Corinthians chapter six, verse nine, I was still identifying within that list. And it wasn't until I was encouraged to continue reading, to continue reading what God's word says. And in first Corinthians chapter six, verse 11, it says this, but you, I mean, and such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. That passage freed me up so much because now that was my identity. I was washed. I was sanctified. I was justified in the name of Jesus. And I became a child of obedience. I became the no longer the, the, the disobedient child of my past that no longer hindered me. I was able to separate myself from those sinful passions that used to define me. I was able to distance myself from the lifestyle that dominated my former way of living. I was able to cut off all the things that desensitized me to sin, that blurred my vision, that stirred up any sinful nature within me because I've surrendered my life to Christ. And he has allowed me to walk in obedience. He has allowed the spirit to live his life in and through me. And listen, it has been the best thing that has ever happened to me because Once again, my favorite verse, Galatians 2.20, 
I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. That's my life. Christ is my identity, and I walk in that. And I encourage you to continue to share your testimonies. And listen, if, if I'm around, I would love to hear your testimony. But until then, let me encourage you to come to the vine. Come check us out. Be a part of this community. Hear the testimonies of others and stay in God's word. It is, it is through his word that he conforms us and he transforms us more and more into the image of Christ because it reproves our mind. It, it causes us to walk in obedience. And most of all, it changes our life. So I love you guys. This is it for season two. And I can't wait to come back and see you again and have and pour into you via this podcast in season three. But until then, let me encourage you to stay close and clean to Yahweh, our God.